0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 2 betting preview where we will talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, survivor picks, underdog moneyline dogs, and of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Stuck. What is good? What's up,
1: brother? Uh, good to be back for week two. Usually one of my favorite weeks, overreaction week, although I think the market's getting sharper in that regard. Uh, it was a good week for us in week one, although I have no love for Shane Steichen and the play calling of the Colts. To not get in, get one yard, Anthony Richardson gets hurt. Just run, run the ball. I like, You would have ran it in. Every NFL teams always score in that, so... Not you see him miss the tush door. push,
0: too? They tried yep. the tush push and, and got yep. stuffed. That's the first time I've ever seen it stuffed.
1: <laughs> that was a painful one. But shout to Vrabel, the dog god, for kicking Woo-hoo. the field goal. Oh,
0: my Down goodness.
1: four. And then, luckily, the Saints got a first down. So that was a fun Sweats being back. My, my biggest headlines from week one were unders dominated. The QB play across the board was really poor, yep. with a few exceptions. Like, just the yards per attempt, historically 6.3, low.
0: 6.3 week one. 6.3.
1: QB rust and a lot of hamstring injuries going into and out of week one. I think both of those things are correlated with just the lack of preseason reps. We always say that preseason doesn't matter. Like, look at, you know, Kenny Pickett to look like a star in preseason. But reps do matter. Road teams continue their success, which has been a trend over the past five years as home field advantage continues to diminish. But obviously the biggest storyline of the weekend was Aaron Rodgers lasting four plays. The fewest number of attempts for a Week One starting quarterback in NFL history, and of course, it happened to the Jets, who saw something similar happen in 1999. Yep, when they had when they had the defense, the running backs, the wide receivers, with Crabbe uh, and Keyshawn Johnson, and they brought in Vinny Testaverdi and he tore his Achilles, I think, in the first quarter. And I had him on my
0: fantasy team. I was, I, and that was back when, you know, you didn't have like 100 fantasy teams like I do now. Like I had like one or two, and he was my quarterback, and I was just devastated. The,
1: that was the end of the Bill Parcells era. And then Belichick didn't want to take the job with the Jets. He did take it originally, then didn't, and ended up going to the Patriots. But we all know how that ended. We'll get to that game and just uh, some foreshadowing. This is the worst, the ugliest three picks I've ever had in the Sunday six pack. So I apologize in advance.
0: All right, let's uh, start it out with some Thursday night football.
1: It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football.
0: All right, we got the Vikings going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Line is six and a half at BetMGM. The total is 49. I think a couple of interesting things about this one. One is that, you know, shouts to Sean Kerner and Nick Giffen, our guys uh, with the luck rankings. Minnesota has the biggest luck gap of week two. So they got pretty unlucky uh, in that Bucks game. And uh, also, as you and I were talking about, you pointed out that uh, Nicobe Dean, who was already replacing – Uh, you know, stepping in for linebackers that they lost, rocking the green dot, he's going to be out as well. So uh, on a short week, that could pose some issues uh, for Philadelphia. What are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, because then you had Chris Ellis came in, and he was horrendous. Um, It's either him, maybe Reed Blankenship gets the the green dot. But you also have to consider Fletcher Cost got a little banged up, and these things are important on a short week. And James Bradbury – Most important, like when you have a concussion on a short week, you're pretty much never going to play. And that's big against this Vikings offense because they have like a more explosive number two wide receiver, who I like what I saw from last week in Jordan Addison. And this is like a Justin Jefferson, who for my money is the best receiver in the NFL revenge game. Like he got shut down last year in Philly against Darius Slay for the most part and he, I'm sure, is going to come out with a vengeance here. We'll see if uh, Slay Shadows across the field, which is more likely now without Bradbury. You're going to get a lot of Josh Job, which it's. there's a lot of moving parts for this defense, which was already weak up the middle. I do, I do have to say Jalen Carter was dominant. I think he had eight pressures for the Eagles, which is a little bit of a concern against the Vikings' interior offensive line. Um, and... Because the, and the Vikings offensive line is dealing with a couple injuries as well. But if, you know, when I look at this game from afar, and it is Thursday night, which always makes me a little skittish, it just there's like a lot of rust in these primetime games. Have, but these time games have been going under at a crazy clip. Oh, yeah. Which I think has given us a little value on this number and the fact that the Vikings only scored 17 points last week, but they should have scored more. They had 370 yards and averaged six yards per play. They were moving the ball up and down the field. They just kept turning it over. I think they had a couple of f- fumbles in, in the red zone. So the offense actually looked pretty good. And then the Vikings' defense, as we talked about last week, we expected Brian Flores to blitz a ton. He's That's his M.O. He's a very aggressive coordinator. And he did. He blitzed uh, on 48%, 47.2% of Mayfield's dropbacks. Last year, they... Under Donatel, they blitzed twenty-one percent, so he more than doubled the blitz rate for the Vikings, which makes sense. That's his what he does, and you have to mask the horrible secondary on the back end. So there's a, two things here. One, Mayfield really struggled against the blitz in the first half, but then really got a hang of what the Vikings were trying to do. There was even talk of like him knowing the signals, and then in the second half, he went seven of eight against the blitz with a touchdown. Think he had a long touchdown pass, and then he had a, a game-sealing third-down pass against the Blitz as well. And what's going to happen when Flores does this, you know, now you're going up against an even more potent offense with a quarterback who's even more mobile and Jalen Hurts and, obviously, a much better offensive line. But this Vikings defense is – it's so bad on the back end, and you know that they're going to play aggressive with the You know Flores is going to do that. So they're going to give up a ton of explosive plays. That's just what's going to happen this year. Uh, against really competent offenses. And that's really what you want for an over. You don't want teams marching methodically down the field. So I think both passing offenses can have a lot of success downfield with explosive passing plays, which would lead to an over here. So, yeah, Eagles defensive injuries, Eagles offense against this uh, aggressive Vikings defense with not much on the back end. You also, Flores doesn't have much prep time here. And that's one of the – that Vikings are really got to rely on Flores is like game planning and scheming for opponents. I think they're at a disadvantage in that aspect as well. So I think all of those things lead me to a rare Thursday
0: night over. This is definitely going to be one of your most disgusting uh, podcasts, pick-wise, all, all, all across the board, a Thursday night over. We'll see what happens this week. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you on – I think that loss of – Nikoby Dean, you know, wearing the green dot that 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 can go overlooked, especially on a short week. I think that that is going to be key. And Minnesota left a lot of points out on the field. I do think the over is the play. I would not feel comfortable laying the points with Philly Vikings, one of the most unlucky teams. And Vikings, I wouldn't be surprised if they they won the game. So um, don't really want to touch it, but I'll be rooting for you on the over. All right, let's get into. What we've all been waiting for, week in, week out, it's time for the week number two, Sunday six-pack. Woo! Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, Uh, six-pack went four and two, as we mentioned last week. Would have gone five and one in the... uh, could get that first and goal, first and goal at the five, second and goal at the two, and somehow they don't score. Brutal. But uh, still a good week. Uh, I'm up 5-4. Hit the total you didn't. You have first pick. Where are you going?
1: All right. I said it's going to be ugly. I did consider the Chiefs for what it's worth. We'll talk about that game later. Passing on the Chiefs and for my first pick. So, look, it would have been nice. Hey, we're backing Patrick Mahomes under a field goal. Nope. For my first pick of the week two, Sunday six pack. I am going with the New York football Jets plus nine and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I'm backing Zach Wilson, who I've thrown under the bus countless times. I like this bet for two reasons. I'm showing a little bit of value in the number, I make this just a tad over a touchdown. But there's a couple things I think working in the Jets' favor. Number one, you're catching over a touchdown in the NFL with a super low total, which is always going to be intriguing. And getting this Jets rushing attack and their defense, when you can get this defense, which is showed once again, it might be the best in the NFL, going up against another team that can also make that case, catching over a touchdown, it's always going to catch my eyes. Additionally, look, Aaron Rodgers is a huge loss. The market has adjusted, what, close to a touchdown here? There, I had questions about Aaron Rodgers coming into the year. So uh, we didn't know. It wasn't necessarily prime Aaron Rodgers we've seen of the past two seasons. I only have him worth, you know, close to about four and a half to five points this year. There's also just a psychological factor of the Jets. Everyone has written them off, right? Now you're going in on the road into battle with a, you know, superior team, Everyone is saying your season's over. This is that you know, it's kind of like you see this in the NBA when your star is out and everyone steps up. But this is like the type of game where everybody steps up. And I think you see just a spirited us against the world Jets effort. Happy to take you know nine and a half with this defense. Last week, you know, I know that the Cowboys love is at an all-time high. We, what did we really learn though? We knew their defense was going to be dominant. It's been a top three defense the past two years. They also, you know, they had a, Punt, uh, blocked field goal for a touchdown, a pick six, and then that game just got out of hand against an overmatched Giants team. There's still some questions about this Dallas offense. The offensive line isn't at 100%, which could be a problem against this nasty Jets defensive front. So I'm taking the points with Zach Wilson. I'm sure I'll regret it, but let's go to war. I
0: was not sure. I mean – I was not sure if you were going to go that way just because of Zach like I knew that was I knew the the Jets were a stucky pick but I know you've been trying to not back Zach lately so uh was wondering if you were going to do it but
1: maybe yeah. they use their punter and uh, <laughs> and uh it goes well But this has the potential to be a really low scoring game like I, I would also look at the under I think you might uh have yeah, something, have say something about on that, that later yeah so but that makes the the points even uh more intriguing and appetizing for me. So, yeah, show a little bit of value. I like the spot. Everyone has just out, written the Jets off, and um, I think the Jets can have some success running the ball, and that defense is going to keep them in most games.
0: For my first pick and the second overall of the Week 2 Sunday six-pack, I'm going to get pretty ugly myself here and go with the Seattle Seahawks plus five-and-a-half at the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Seahawks team that, what they do, just five straight three and outs in the second half uh, last week? They were up 13-7, and then it just all went downhill. Uh, still might have tackle issues, but I think this is too many points uh, against this Lion team, even on long rest. The biggest thing for Seattle last week wasn't even their tackles. It was that they couldn't handle Aaron Donald. Uh, Damian Lewis, I believe he had a 7.9 PFF, pass blocking grade that might be the lowest grade I've ever seen them give Aaron Donald got one sack four hurries five pressures in total Uh, I believe they all came on Lewis Uh, you know he just dominated Uh, the Lions I like you know Hutchinson on on the edge but uh, they don't have the same uh, you know no one really has the same type of players Aaron Donald on the interior so I'm not as worried and let's remember let's not forget Seattle Last season, when the hype was kind of building with Detroit, Detroit was favored by more than a field goal at home. And Seattle went and rolled up 48 points on them and, and snuck out 48, 45. But Seattle was up most of that, you know, that game was a little, uh, the score wasn't that close. Uh, I think Detroit scored late, but uh, I think Seattle still has enough here to, to keep it close with Detroit. If not win this game, you know, they still have talented players at the skill positions Uh, Gino's still not going to make a ton of mistakes. You know, I I thought Seattle was one of the more unlucky teams uh, and Detroit was one of the luckier teams last week. You know, our luck rankings uh, agree. This is one of the four games with a luck gap of over 100%. And the luck differential in terms of rank between the two teams is 24. So, um, you know, that signifies a, a pretty high against the spread hit rate right there as it is. But, uh, I just look at the Seattle team and I don't see that big of a gap. Even, you know, the tackles, yes, they were, you know, they're solid and they're, they were for rookies, you know, they exceeded expectations, but let's not act like these are elite tackles uh, or anything like that. And, you know, one of the backups for Seattle came in last week and did fine. I, I think, I think the issue is more on the interior. I don't think Detroit is going to pose that same kind of issue. And also, you know, Sean McVay, Division game last week, you know, all all offseason to prepare. Uh, it just painted Seattle, I think, in the worst possible light. But this is still a team, uh, I think, that still has some talent, um, you know, and I, I still think they can win a shootout uh, in this game against Detroit if they have to. But, you know, Detroit, for all, you know, all the hype, and, you know, I was on them week one against Kansas City. But, I mean, you put up 21 points against Kansas City in 14. a game – Huh? Well, yeah, really. Fourteen on offense, right? Fourteen. You get you get a hand and a lucky pick six, uh, and that's with Chris Jones out. That's with all offseason to prepare. You know, that's with no one ever have seen having seen film on what you're going to do with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you know, the hype. It's just there's too much hype with this Detroit team right now. Um, so let's go Seattle plus five and a half. And if you want some trends, uh, I mean, this is week two. This is classic overreaction week. The teams that looked great, you know, Detroit beats Kansas City. uh, Those teams tend to struggle. And then teams that looked terrible, like Seattle did, tend to do well. So uh, let's see. We have a week two dogs off a loss going against a favorite that uh, was a dog in week one. 47-25 against the spread since 2005. Uh, 65% uh, you have week 2 road teams off a double digit loss since 2005 36 and 21 against the spread 63% uh week 2 underdogs plus 6 or less uh that didn't cover in week 1 64% against the spread since 05 at 58 and 33 i mean the the trends are endless here this is how you bet week 2 you find a team that uh, you know the public is down on or that struggled. That there's not really as big of a gap. I mean, I don't. I don't think the Lions should be laying five and a half, six against many teams. Not yet. Uh, give me Seattle.
1: Yeah, another one. Week two favorites of over a field goal after winning as a dog in week one, which applies to the Lions and Bucks this week are thirty-eight and a half percent over the <laughs> past uh, twenty-five years in week two. This is the spot. The Seahawks are the spot. I just don't know if I can get there. I mean, I, I'm, I was low on the Seattle team, lower than the market. I was lower than you on them. I mean, you, you go back to the second half of last year, we started to see the cracks. Like, there are only two wins wherever the Rams' backups, backup quarterbacks. By the way, the circle of life in the NFC West, the 49ers are on the Rams, who won the Seahawks, who won the 49ers. So that rang true again. But, yeah, the Lions are off a, a pretty fluky win. They do have extra rest. But I'm just aware that Seattle might be a fraud. Their D could take a big step back. You know, but if you're missing both your tackles, they signed Peters, Jason Peters' was what 41. But in the first half, you take all those offensive line injuries. The first half, the Seahawks against the Rams, by the way. The Rams have a horrendous defense. They scored 13 points. They had 10 first downs. They averaged five and a half yards per play, EPA per play, positive 0.12. The second half where they didn't have their starting tackles, no points, no first downs, 0.9 yards per play negative 0.754 EPA per play. That is horrific. So I agree. Seahawks are the spot. I just think that they might be a fraud, but we'll see. This is definitely the week two spot. So I can't hate on you for this pick. For my second pick and the third overall of the week three Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills minus nine and a half, we'll call it. Shop around, as always. think you might be able to find an eight-and-a-half or a nine out there. I think that is one of the overreactions that might be happening from week one is I-, I saw people say Josh Allen is not is no longer good. He's bad. This is back to what everyone thought. Well, are we just throwing out his, track, his entire track record in the NFL? By the way, this is not the first or the last time he will struggle against the Jets. Go back to last year when he looked. Horrible. He had no touchdowns, two interceptions against the Jets. I believe like week eight, and then they lost that fluky game to the Vikings when that game in the thirties in overtime. And then they won like eight straight. It's okay. He struggled against the Jets. A lot of quarterbacks will do that. Josh Allen is a you know is a bit more inconsistent than Mahomes, and that's why he's not at that level. But he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This is also one of the best teams in the NFL still at home off of a loss playing a Raiders team, coming across the country who, you know, won in the final seconds against the Broncos team that didn't get any pressure the entire game. I think a league-low 11% pressure rate when they didn't blitz. And, you know, so Jimmy G was comfortable in a system, hit a couple plays, and ended up scoring 17 points after a late touchdown. I am – look, the Raiders' offense will be okay. I think the Bills' defense can do enough here to hold them in check. But it's the Raiders' defense, which was going up against – Russell Wilson, in an offense that just wasn't stretching the field, that's not going to happen here. Their secondary, I don't think, is going to hold up. I think the dam's going to break, and I think the Bills come out in vintage Bills' form and blow this game open early and keep their foot on the gas. If you look historically, Josh Allen, 37 of his 53 career regular season wins have been by more than seven points. Over the past few seasons, under McDermott, when the Bills win, they win big because usually you're getting good Josh Allen. So I like the Bills to win this game by double digits. Look, if the Bills win that game uh, against the Jets and the Raiders you know, don't get that touchdown late, I think the spread is is over 10. Uh, so I'll happily take nine and a half here and count on a Josh Allen bounce back and a angry Bills double-digit win, which they've done way more times than not in this spot.
0: Like, this just speaks to the Bills' greatness. Not only do they usually win big uh, under, with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, that Jet loss by six in overtime was their biggest regular season loss since December 12th of 2021. All three of their games last year that they lost in the regular season were by three points or two, three or less. Two points to Miami, three to the Jets, and uh, three to the Vikings. So, Yeah, this Bills team is very good. The Jets just are a very, very, very good defense. They're going to destroy this Raider D, I I think.
1: And look, Jimmy G is a good average NFL quarterback, and he can win you games like last week, but he's not capable of keeping up with the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'm not sure why, but people have forgotten that Allen is right up there at the top.
0: For my second pick, the fourth overall of the week two, Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons plus one and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers, and I have Atlanta as a slight favorite here, so, uh, you know, interesting to me that they're weighing points at home. Uh, I know Green Bay looked good, you know, you called it, uh, (laughs) Green Bay destroyed Chicago, but that score is a little bit misleading, you know, 30, what was it? 38 to 20. Um, you know, I, th- that, our expected score um, had it 20, 22 to 19, like a three point game. So I think green Bay, another one of those teams that got a little bit lucky, you know, got, got a turnover, some things, had some things go right for them. And when you look at this Atlanta team, I, Have I you put your bears, uh, your bears future to rest yet, by the way? No, no, I still got a Justin Fields MVP future. It's probably, it's probably dead, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's week one. I mean, I still, I still think the, uh, I still have hope for the Bears, but we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, this is not about necessarily fading Green Bay, um, you know, based on me being low on them. It's me being high on Atlanta and having these teams rated fairly evenly. And yet I'm still getting, you know, more than a point. With Atlanta at home, you know I think Green Bay is going to struggle against this this run game. You know we've seen them struggle against the run game uh, in the past. Also, a little different with Atlanta. You know they're going to be able to put some some heavier personnel on the field. You know Chicago wasn't doing that. I think Tunyon was came into that game banged up. Um, you know Blossom game they weren't. You know not really a great great option there. But I, I think Atlanta heavy personnel. Um, really like what Arthur Smith is doing. You know, he's kind of uh, finding a way for for Desmond Ritter to not lose the Falcons games. You know, he went 15 out of 18 because he was just throwing gimmies uh, to, to the playmakers. And now you have, uh, you know, Drake London. You still have Kyle Pitts kind of waiting to be unleashed. Bijan looked great. Tyler Algier, a guy I loved in fantasy, looked great. So I just think this is a coin flip game that uh, the Green Bay Packers are, you know, Favored on the road, I don't, I don't like it. Give me the, uh, give me the Falcons second straight road game also for the, uh, for the pack. So give me the the Falcons. And again, had that expected score for Green Bay was like 17 points below uh, the total, uh, below their actual total. So that that's a, a spot I want to attack in week two. And all the trends, same trends I mentioned for uh, Seattle, Detroit apply here. So I won't list them again. But there's like. I have like 10, 60 plus percent trends for the Atlanta Falcons. But bottom line, I just think these two teams are fairly even. I think Atlanta can run on Green Bay, and uh, I don't think they should be laying points on, uh, on at home.
1: I don't mind this one at all. I love both these teams coming into the year. Falcons offensive line, very good run blockers across the board. I mean, I guess Bergeron is uh, – the one week piece there, it's still major question marks, but they will commit to the run and they should have success running on this Packers defense that historically has struggled against the run. But some of the things I like from the Falcons own Onyemata and Bates, two of their Mm -hmm. big acquisitions that we talked about on the defense side of the ball, they were both great last week. So that should help the defense. There's still not a lot of consistent edge rush, but they now are pretty good in the interior they might be able to take advantage of Josh Myers in that aspect. I still have some questions about him and his consistency. And don't forget, the Packers have some injuries. We don't know if Watson will be good to go. And that's important against a Falcons team that does have one really good corner in A.J. Terrell. And then Aaron Jones, and one of the many you know, hamstring and those type of injuries that we saw last week. We don't know if he's good to go when he's on the field. He's just an explosive play waiting to happen. And Dylan just doesn't have that same level of explosiveness. Like, I don't mind this great spot here. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again there are hundreds of styles and colors plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt for a limited time get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks for my third pick and the fifth overall the week three sunday six pack look i told you we're going ugly we went we're laying nine and a half we're taking nine and a half with zach wilson So let's throw another Wilson in, this time a favorite, a second favorite. I don't know if I've ever done this, maybe once. But we're going to lay three and a half with the Denver Broncos at home against the Washington Commanders. And, look, I'm scared to death. I need Russell Wilson to win by more than a field goal. But I think this is a really good spot to to back the Broncos, who have historically been good early in the season at home in altitude uh, in the first couple weeks of the season. But you're basically laying the same price – that you were last week against the Raiders. And I had the Raiders power rated a couple points higher than Washington. And I watched earlier this week, I watched that entire Washington game because Sam Howley took six sacks. I'm like, how the hell did he take six sacks against this Arizona defense? Last year, uh, J.J. Watt, I think, had like half of their sacks. And he's no longer there, obviously. So I watched the game. Hal was so indecisive. Wasn't even all on the offensive line, which did struggle but so indecisive, holding the ball way too long, which just led to mistakes. And even when Arizona wasn't generating a pass rush, they were able to get to Hal. And that's important for this Broncos defense, which generated no pressure last week. I expect their defense to come out with a tear on fire after that performance last week. But they don't even need to generate a lot of pressure. I, I just don't think he's ready yet, and the market is rating him too highly from what I've seen. And I did like some of the things I saw from the Broncos' offense last week, which Peyton installed. He went so much more heavy play action this year than it did last year. A lot of you know extra protectors in there, and Russ was really efficient. Now the missing piece: there was no explosiveness, but he didn't make any mistakes. He was really efficient, just you know nickel and diving down the field. That's where potentially Jerry Judy comes in. That's they need him. I don't know if he's going to play. Another hamstring guy but I'm willing to take the risk that there's a chance that he's in there and he can help take the top off of defenses and provide that spark for the explosive plays because I really like the scheme, and this is a big coaching advantage too. I'll take Sean Payton over Ron Rivera any day of the week, but I just think it's a good bounce-back spot for the Broncos. I think we're getting the Broncos cheap here. Probably the first and last time I'll lay over a field goal with Russell Wilson, but let's give it a go. Broncos minus three and a half.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking about the under for this game. I I don't trust how either. But that Bronco D, I don't know. Like, it should be better when you look at the talent uh, on paper. And, I mean, Damari Mathis just got completely destroyed last week. I think he gave up eight of nine catches, two touchdowns, both touchdowns. I don't know. I might still bet this under because I I do agree.
1: Yeah, the the Broncos, they did not – they generated no pressure at all.
0: Don't they have uh, Gregory and – Gregory did –
1: Nothing. nothing. He chirped all week, never showed up. Allen did nothing. So I'm hoping that those and expecting those guys to bounce back a little bit.
0: Uh, I do think, you know, if Judy comes back, it's still probably going to be short passes, just, you know, relying on a guy like Judy to to, to do something. The yak, his yak yeah. is
1: going to be as yeah. big too. But yeah, I think Wilson, like, if you look at his pass chart, I mean, it is. There's nothing downfield. It was. Uh, it was bad, but that, that was some of it. like, he didn't make any mistakes. It was a, an efficient outing because you just got to get Russ into just comfortable throws. And cause he's just not the same guy that he was. He can't do what made him great anymore. You also have to add in some explosiveness, which Judy would certainly help with, but coaching mismatch put this over the edge for me. All
0: right. For my third pick and the sixth overall of the week to Sunday six pack I'm going with the Chicago Bears plus two and a half uh, see if you can find a three the two and a half is at plus 100 at MGM. so you could probably find a three plus I mean minus 120 or something like that uh, but you know this was this is a another one of these games I already talked about it where yes Chicago got outplayed by Green Bay but it wasn't to the extent that the score showed and at the same, by the same token, even though we were both on the bucks, the bucks got a little bit lucky last sure. week against Minnesota. So again, just, this is week two. We're, we're still just trying to find spots and another two, two teams I still have pretty evenly rated, you know uh, you know, the bears, I do think that there's more to their offense than what they showed last week. You know, Green Bay does have a little bit more talent um, on, on defense than, you know, maybe the bucks have cuz I, I mean i don't know like this bucks i i think the bucks are good on defense but then some of the some of like watching them last week i mean there were guys running open and i just felt like the vikings left a lot of points on the field and i think i think you said they probably should have had like 28 points or something like that and and i totally agree uh justin fields he's going to be able to do some things uh off script which you know cousins and the vikings weren't able to do last week i think he get a bigger uh, more of a contribution from DJ Moore this week. You know, last week, couldn't expect too much uh, going against Jair. And uh, this Bucks team, I mean, it's still projects to be one of the worst in the league. You still have Baker Mayfield. So now you're getting the Bears as an underdog. You're getting the Bucs as a favorite. Uh, Baker probably is going to make some mistakes. Uh, and I just trust Chicago here uh, to make some plays, kind of rebound from last week just a classic buy low sell high spot little little concerning but i'm <laughs> i'm still going to All I'm you still... got
1: to say all you have to say here is you're buying low and selling high which i agree with this is the spot look i was super low in the bears lower than you on the bears coming into the year and i was a little higher than the market on the bucks at 3 i agree it's bears or nothing there, a couple things concern me though obviously the bears d is horrendous Jordan Love looked like an all-pro and didn't have his number one receiver. And also, the, the Bears' offensive line was a disaster. And the Bears, predictably, got no pressure at all. They did not address that. And by the way, they're two big off-season acquisitions at linebacker. Meaningless, they did nothing. Four or five total pressures? Rashawn Gary, who played 10 passing snaps, had more pressures than the Bears as a team. But on principle, just buy low, sell high with this number, Chopper out for that three.
0: I know it's not a, a pressure spot, but I got to fade Baker here. He is 11 and 23 in his career as a favorite. That is 32% against the spread. Uh, and he's currently on an 0-8 streak. He's, he's failed to cover his last eight games as a favorite dating back to October 3rd, 2021. That was the last time Baker Mayfield covered as a favorite way back when he was, I was like, what, three, four teams ago. Uh, A 14-7 win as a one-point dog.
1: As expected, week two. Ugly. Ugly as always, just how we like it. Uh,
0: I'll recap. Stuck has the Jets plus 9.5 at the Cowboys. The Broncos minus 3.5 at home against the Commanders. And the Bills minus 9.5 at home against the Raiders. I have the Seahawks plus 5.5 at Detroit. The Falcons plus 1.5 at home against the Pack. And the Bears plus 2.5 uh, see if you can get the three, but uh, for the contest, we'll go two and a half at Tampa Bay.
1: If the Jets don't cover, we get to rip Zach Wilson. If the Bills don't cover, I get to rip my our producer, uh, Matt Mitchell's <laughs> a diehard Bills fan. And if the Broncos don't cover as a favor with Russell Wilson, I get to rip myself. I'll take accountability
0: there. All right, that was our Sunday six-pack, and now it is time for our Coach's Pep Talk. You keep playing the way you're playing, we're gonna get an ass beat again tonight, and it stops right now. This week's coach's pep talk is our producer's longtime favorite pep talk. It comes to us from actor Al Pacino in the 1992 film *Glengarry Glen Ross*, and got it dedicated to Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, a combined one of eight targets for one yard. I mean, that was. That was brutal. You know, help out your all-world quarterback. I mean, y'all are supposed to be the top two wide receivers. People were drafting you guys in fantasy. Even if Kelsey's back, like the Chiefs are going to need receivers at some point in this year. You know, the AFC is loaded. They're going to have to score points. So Canaries Tony. Sky Moore, I didn't forget about you two. You you were bad too. So dedicating the pep talk to those guys. What you're hired for is to help us. Does that seem clear to you? To help us. Not to fuck us up. I'm also
1: going to dedicate the pet talk to uh, Sean McDermott and going back, just like so circle back to my Bills pick. Let's get another cover in this spot. Ten, three, and one against the spread after a loss. Five and zero as a favorite of seven or more.
0: Ooh, nice favorite trend. You know we see those. on game Day of Breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Let's get in to our favorite total of week number two. I said I was thinking about the Broncos commanders, but gonna be some turnovers there, and I'm not sure what's going on with Judy and I'm a little worried about Mathis and that lack of a pass rush for Denver. So I'm gonna go with the Jets, Dallas under 39 and a half. Both of these teams are popping in our luck rankings. The Jets scored about four and a half points more than their expected score, and Dallas was about 13 higher. As you mentioned, Dallas got the the blocked uh, the blocked field goal. Dallas got the the pick six. So uh, a lot of a lot of things kind of went right for Dallas to put up that 40. But I think the important thing for me is the Jets have shown it against the best. You know, they can shut down. Josh Allen, uh, you could shut down pretty much anybody this side of Mahomes. And on the other side, that Dallas defense is going to be a nightmare for a guy like Zach Wilson, who still struggles to make decisions. Uh, I think what we started to see last year with Zach Wilson was, uh, you're just going to go super run heavy. Uh, And you're going to kind of try to hide him. The Jets can do that. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall looked really good. but. Uh, Even with Brees Hall and that running game, I do think there's a little bit of value here uh, on this under, in the sense that Brees Hall popped yet another long run. Uh, Was it 83 yards, I believe it was. But outside of that, the Jets run game really didn't get much going. And the Cowboys, I don't think they're as good of a run D as a pasty, but I think they're going to be able to load up a little bit. You know, they have guys on the outside that are going to be able to cover and they're going to trust and they're going to be able to get pressure on Zach when they need to. But uh, that Jets line, I think that's a real concern. The yards before contact, Brees Hall had negative yards on average before contact. He had all, all of his yardage was him breaking tackles and making plays. And you can't, you know, he's a very talented guy, but you can't always rely on that. Uh Dalvin Cook averaged just two and a half yards per carry, only about uh under a yard before contact. So uh this Jets run game might be a little bit stifled, but uh more so I just think this Jets defense is gonna be able to 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 lock down Dallas in a way that the Giants just couldn't do because their offense um, and their special teams just put them in a huge hole, and, and their defense is nowhere near as talented. So give me this under uh, 39.5 Jets, Cowboys. I'm expecting like a 16.10. Dallas win 13-10, 16-10, something like that. Uh, you'll probably cover with the Jets. And uh, I'm not expecting this game to get anywhere close to, to 40 points uh with these two with these two teams. And remember, Dallas' not gonna be as fast as paced as they as they were under Kellen Moore either, so that also helps.
1: Yeah, I also think both coaches are going to approach this game with kids' gloves from a play calling perspective because they're gonna say so the the Jets are going to say, look, we just can't turn it over, right? We mm-hmm. got to rely on our defense, shorten this game. And the Cowboys are going to say, let's not make a mistake that, because we're playing Zach Wilson and we can win this game with our defense. And by the way, my prop last week for when I wrote up Cowboys-Jets was Dak could not throw an interception. I thought that there was it was priced too high just because of the offseason narratives. But Zach came out a bunch, had a bunch of quotes saying, like, I guarantee you I'm not going to throw whatever – this amount of picks and um that was a big focus. That's on his mind early in the season. So I think eventually he's gonna open things up. And last week he didn't have to. But I think early the season he's gonna be a little more hesitant to make those riskier throws and be a little bit more conservative overall. So I think that this game just screams defensive rock fight, two of the best defenses in the NFL. Could be by the end of the season, these could be one, two. I agree, I, I agree with you here. I'm actually going to go with an over for my favorite total of the week again. Two in a row, which is shocking. Yeah, last week I I ended up getting 43. Waited on the 43. It was a mistake. Uh, I mean, Grant one Andrews was out, which was huge. The Ravens lost two starting offensive linemen. The one thing I underestimated was just the Texans, and we'll talk about that game. But their offensive line, you know, they're down to their you know they even lost Fant during the game, but they're down to their third center, their second guard, their third tackle. And in that offense, that you know, it's a, a Shanahan offense. The hardest thing to get right is the offensive line in that scheme. And it's obviously going to take some time under Bobby Slowick. So, and, and that showed up on the road with a rookie quarterback. So the Texans just couldn't take advantage of Humphrey being out, and they were under pressure a ton. So, yeah, that was an incorrect play there. But I'm going to go with two quarterbacks I do trust in Stafford and Brock Purdy, looked tremendous last week. We're going to go over 44.5 in the 49ers and Rams. Circle of life in the NFC West, which I always uh, reference, states that the Shanahan owns the Rams. And this game's at the Rams technically, but we know there's not much home field there, especially when they play the 49ers. It's close to nothing. But this 49ers offense is humming, mm-hmm. and... We talked about, I think this total is a little lower because of what the Rams did last week. But we were talking early in the season, like, what are, how are we going to set Rams totals, you know, without Cup? And, well, number one, Stafford looked tremendous. He looked hel- as healthy as I've seen him in a long time. Some of the throws that he was making, and Puka Nakua was awesome. Uh, they were going downfield, and that's how you have to attack this 49ers defense. That's where they're vulnerable is downfield. They give up explosive plays. Their weakness is in their secondary, and from how Stafford looked last week, in a game script where they should be behind, I think he can put up enough points here, and the 49ers should have no problem scoring uh, against this Rams defense. This total should be closer to 47-48. The way the 49ers' offense has looked, they should get to 28. Since Purdy's it over, they get to 30 every game, and do I, I need Stafford to get to 17. Yeah, I'll take that. Give me the 49ers Rams over.
0: Yeah, I would be interested in the Niners team total possibly as well. Um, because yep. if, if one side does, you know, come back down to earth, it's going to be the the Rams, you know, uh, not going against the Seahawks defense this week. Uh, here's the here's the point totals for the
1: 49ers since Purdy took over. They scored 30 last week against the Steelers, 33 against Miami, 35 against the Bucks. Thirty seven against Washington, thirty seven against the Raiders, thirty-eight against the Cardinals, and twenty-one against Seattle. I mean, they are e- they easily cleared thirty in every one of those games except for one on a Thursday night game.
0: Yeah. Niners team total is twenty-six and a half at half mGM BetMGM. so Interesting. Yeah. Stuck is going Niners Rams over forty four and a half. I'm going Jets Cowboys under thirty nine. And a half. Now it is time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah, six point teasers. All right. If you're not familiar with teasers, it's when you get a an extra. Allotment of points, which is usually six, uh, to parlay on multiple spread bets. So, for example, if you had a two-team six-point teaser with uh, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite becomes a one-and-a-half-point favorite, a seven-and-a-half-point underdog would become a 13-and-a-half-point underdog stuck. Uh, I know you have some uh, some content out explaining how you go about these teasers.
1: I will have something in my week, in my preview, my NFL preview every week now. So make sure you check out the Action Network app and actionnetwork.com for that. I'll also tweet out my weekly preview every week. And for this week, I'm going to tease the Falcons, which you already talked about. I think the Packers are a little bit overvalued here, especially when you attribute the, when you take account of their injuries. And then I think the matchup for the Falcons run heavy offense works in their favor here. And I'm going to pair them with the Steelers. And Steelers, but that's on Monday night, and we're not covering those games. So if you're looking just for a Sunday teaser, I would go with the Patriots. You're teasing them from two and a half to eight and a half. I pref- much prefer the Steelers because you're getting a much lower scoring projected game than Miami, New England, and New England has wide receiver injury issues. They're both their guards didn't play last week. Like their offensive line is a mess. Now the Miami defense is bad. I'll be curious to see how this New England defense. Tries to stop. We talked about this all offseason. I said, okay, let's see what McDaniel does to adjust to what the Chargers did last year to shut down their offense. The amount of different motions, pre-snap motions that Tyree Kill used, most on the same side of the field. Like, so he's not going to the other side of the field where you're prepared for it. Some going into the backfield, coming out. I mean, it was amazing to watch, and he was unstoppable uh with his with all of the motion that they were utilizing. Curious to see the game plan check comes up, but. Just simple math going from uh, two-and-a-half to eight-and-a-half there and then getting the Falcons over a field, over a touchdown.
0: Don't mind it. A lot of these uh, one-and-a-half, two-and-a-half spreads this week. Uh, I'm going to actually tease the Niners down from eight-and-a-half to two-and-a-half. Kyle Shanahan has won his last eight regular season games against Sean McVay. Did lose a a playoff game in there, but eight-and-one if you want to be specific. All time, including the postseason, Shanahan is ten and three against the spread uh, against McVay, and uh, of those eight, you know, consecutive regular season wins, three of them came by a field goal. So I'm not underestimating the Rams here because you know we've seen Sean McVay kind of come out with a great game plan uh, and kind of get more, you know, do more with less uh, last week. Uh, obviously got some help as well, but uh, I still feel confident in the Niners to continue this domination. I mean, I I just think they look really good. I'll tease the Texans plus one and a half is the number. I'll tease it up to seven and a half. Uh, You know, you and I both, I think, entered the season higher on the Texans than the Colts. Maybe the Colts eke this out, but uh, I have a hard time seeing them blow the Texans out. Uh, in this spot at home for the Texans. Uh, I think this Texan defense is is pretty solid. And I, you're going to start to see some mistakes from uh, Anthony Richardson. And uh, you already saw him take a, a big hit. So we'll see, you know, how he kind of reacts this week. But uh, overall, I, I like this Texan team. I think it's a better team overall than the Colts. So I think Texans in general, this is going to be a team that probably is pretty feisty all year, even if they don't win. Uh, many games. So I'll, I'll tease them up to seven and a half along with the Niners down. All right. So Stuck has the Falcons at uh, seven and a half, the Patriots at eight and a half. And I got the Niners minus two and a half and the Texans plus seven and a half. Before we get into our underdog money line parlay, as a reminder, the action network podcast is presented by bet MGM use bonus code action when signing up to get paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Alright, Stuck, you started off the season right, hit the Dolphins on the money line for last week against the Chargers. My Steelers were never close. Uh this week, where are you going? Yeah, let's go with the team you just talked
1: about, the Houston Texans, small underdog here. Uh, I said before the season that I have them powered higher than the Colts, and now they're at home and Look, I, I am a bit worried about the offensive line, but you are playing at home, and it's not really a great Colts defense. So I think this would be a nice break for C.J. Stroud, and George Fant was practicing today, which is a good sign, but uh, I'm not a believer in this Colts team. I think this sets up for a uh, a Texans win at home, and uh, I ultimately think that C.J. Stroud is still more NFL-ready. Mm-hmm. So came in before the season saying that the Texans are better. I got him at home here as a dog. I'm going to take them in a game where I power rate them higher and make them a favorite. So let's go with the Texans. Who are you going with?
0: You know what? I got to do it. I know uh, you were thinking about this team too, but got to go with the Titans here uh, as a plus plus one forty dog at home against the Chargers. This Charger team just betting on them to Charger. You know, it seems like one thing gets fixed and another thing breaks this time. You know, they, they were able to run the ball, but, uh, the pass offense wasn't as efficient as I thought it, it could have been. And they gave up nearly 600 total yards. And now you know, a lot of the Chargers success last week did come on the ground. You got Eckler a little banged up, but this Titan defense, this is a, uh, a defense that can stop the run and make the Chargers one dimensional. And I, I think that's going to lead to you know, a couple of mistakes here and there for, for Justin Herbert. And, on the other side, I, you know, that Saints defense gave the Titans a lot of problems. You know, they were lucky to escape with that cover because they kicked the field goal. Uh, but, you know, this Charger defense, I, it's been – we've seen this now. The last time we saw the Charger defense, it was giving up, what, 30 points in the second half to the Jaguars? And then 36 and nearly 600 yards of offense to the, the Dolphins? So – If if the Titans offense is going to get off the schneid, I I think it's going to be this week. I thought Derrick Henry looked great. I thought Spears looked great. Uh, Didn't really get Burks involved. uh, Tannehill just overthrew Chig on a short touchdown. Tannehill left a a, a lot of throws on the field. Uh, So I think that this week, home dog, uh, taking the Titans here. Vrabel, nine and six straight up as a home, money line home underdog so give me Tennessee. Yeah,
1: I don't I like this one. It was the other one I considered. Um the Eckler injury is pretty uh worrisome for sure. The the only thing I'm worried about here is the Titan secondary, how it will hold up. The corners are were pretty bad outside of McCreary and you got Fulton dealing with a hamstring, hooker concussion. And then Tannehill had a disastrous day. Even though the offensive line held up pretty well Better than I thought. Dillard had some struggles at left tackle times, but it wasn't pressure that got him. He was just missing yeah, some horrific throws. Yeah, you hope that he bounces back and he's not just, like, washed, because that was a terrible game. But, yeah, I mean, Vrabel, as a dog, can never go wrong. For what it's worth, he's 23-9-1 against the spread 72% as a dog of three or more, covering by an average margin of 6.1 points per game. So, uh... Yeah, let's go a little and oh by the way, teams that are dogs that have – between teams that are 0 and one and week two have historically hit at a sixty three percent clip. So yeah, let's go a little AFC South, Moneyline Underdog Parlay with the Titans and Texans.
0: You parlay those two together, you got the Texans at plus one oh five, the Titans plus one forty at BetMGM. uh just under four to one odds when you parlay them. Uh if you want to okay. check Other parlay odds, be sure to check out the Action Network Betting Odds Calculator at ActionNetwork.com. Now it is time for Meaningful to Some, the games that uh, we haven't covered in any other segment.
1: That's going to be a
0: touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. First is Ravens at Bengals. You know, the the line is three and a half in favor of the Bengals. I am tempted to take the Ravens, despite all their injuries, uh, kind of a contrarian spot. Uh, But I do have flashbacks to other times when the Ravens have been banged up, particularly in the secondary, and Cincinnati made them pay. And and I do think Burrow is going to bounce back sooner than later. Maybe it's not this week. Maybe it is. Uh, But, you know, still, Lamar Jackson is – 10-1 10-1 against the spread is an underdog, uh, 91%. Harbaugh is 60%, above 60%, uh, no, 59%, excuse me, 44-30 all time. So it is tempting, uh, you know, especially getting the hook here. But I, I do think that there's a possibility that this Raven secondary just can't hang with this uh, with Spangler pass game. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's the concern. I think the, the right line is three and a half now with all of the injuries. I mean, you're talking – You might be missing six key starters. Dobbins is out. Marcus Williams, one of the better safeties in the league, is out. And then two of your most important offensive linemen, your center and left tackle and Linderbaum and Stanley, are probably out. Marlon Humphrey's already out. That's massive because that means that you're going to have most likely Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby trying to cover Chase and Higgins. Uh, that's not great. Meanwhile, Mark Andrews might not play again. I think he's 50-50. That's huge. They really missed him last week. And the Bengals, on the other hand, are injury-free. Uh, the, the one thing that will work in the Ravens' favor, their defense, when they had full-strength secondary, they've been able to fluster Burrow in the past couple of meetings, and he's done really nothing against them. But when their secondary's not healthy, they just can't hold up. There's just such a talent gap. You know, last year the Bengals lost to Cooper Rush. In the second game, yeah. I mean, great Cowboys defense. So,
0: probably better defense yeah, than this Ravens. Yes, they're you know, a much
1: better defense. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but Barrow, Barrow was definitely rusty still and not in rhythm. So that's that's what the Ravens have to hope for here. I, I don't know if I believe in the Ravens pass rush yet. It was better than I thought, but you were playing against the Texas offensive line that was down to like you know piecemeal. It was like fourth and fifth string guys. So we'll see. It, it's really going to come down to is Barrow crisp. Yeah, I think three and a half is the right line with all of these injuries. Yeah, I could see it. I always Harbaugh as a dog is always always worth a look, but the the injuries on the offensive line and secondary going on the road, just I would need at least yeah four and a half to to consider it here.
0: Andrews being out is big, but Zay Flowers he looks like a star, and that was something that was a guy that you know of all the receivers in fantasy, I was like. I don't think it's going to be Smith and Jigba or Addison with the clearest path to just monster value right from the jump. I think it's going to be Zay. And sure enough, what do you get like nine, nine catches in week one? So that helps a little. I could see this game being close down to the end. I could see the Ravens losing like another heartbreaker. Um, but so I will be monitoring this because it's not, you know, I feel like the market is just, it's kind of accounting for all the, what's going wrong with the Ravens. But the Bengals aren't really in peak form either. If it's going to hit four, especially, I uh, might, uh, might, might double. Down. yeah. Uh, and then we got the chiefs chiefs at the Jags chiefs, three and a half point favorites. The total is 51. So it's one of the, uh, I think it's the highest, yeah. Highest total of the week. Uh, what are your thoughts here? We know Mahomes like that three is exactly kind of where the the trends reverse for Mahomes. So now it's up to three and a half. The trends favor the Jaguars, but Mahomes is thirteen and three straight up off a loss. Yeah, I mean the the, the
1: most likely outcome here, to my opinion, like if you need Mahomes to win, he's fourteen to four against spread when he's not favored by more than three points. Um, if I had to guess how how this game goes. Chiefs win by three. Um, I trust Mahomes, Reed, with extra rest to get this done. Chris Jones back against the Jaguars offensive line that already had some question marks, now has injury questions in the interior with Sheriff Ed Fortner, who both might miss, which is huge against Chris Jones. We know the Jags' defense is trash. And if the Chiefs get Kelsey back, I think that, like that, I make this Chiefs... Like, I make this Chiefs minus 3.6. I'm lower on the Jags in the market. If Kelsey plays and Chris Jones plays. If not, then, you know, I'd be actually like a, a tad under three. So this is all about the number. I would not lay three and a half with the Chiefs. I took a little tiny bit on on openers where I tweeted about two and a half minus two and a half with the Chiefs. I would take that if it's there. At three and a half, I would actually... Depending on Kelsey's status is what I'd have to monitor. Uh, I wouldn't blame anyone for taking the Jags. Um, And I would not look anywhere but Jags overs for now. Um, That defense, I think, is bad and has injuries. That offense with Ridley and how fast that they've been going and how pass-heavy that they've been since the second half of last year. And you know Mahomes is going to come out with a vengeance. And if he has Kelsey back, and those receivers aren't going to play as bad as they did last week, and he's going up against this Jaguar secondary, should pick it apart. So it's either over or nothing. And then the Chiefs, Jags, it's the most important number in the NFL, right around three. It depends on the number. At three and a half for me, it's no play. At three, I lean Chiefs. At two and a half, I like the Chiefs.
0: Trivia question for you. When is the last time Andy Reid started 0-2? Uh Andy Reid, Owen and 2.
1: You always got to think about the how the person is phrasing the question. The Chiefs, Andy Reid
0: with the Chiefs, Andy Reid with the Chiefs. I'll give you that. Oh, with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. But what year? Which year was it? I I don't think it, so it has not happened with Mahomes.
1: I'm going to say I'm going to say
0: 2014. Yep, nailed it. He uh yeah, yeah started he lost to Jake Locker 26-10 in week one and then Peyton Manning and the Broncos 24 17 and they still managed to finish nine and seven but they missed the playoffs that year ever since then gotten at least one the Chiefs are the Chiefs are gonna win this game it's just by how much and uh yeah three and a half I would not trust them just take the money line if you really want to invest uh let's close it out with our survivor pool pick of the week
1: The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week.
0: All right, this is a, this is an ugly week. Where are you going this week? This week, I am getting a little risk. I
1: am getting a little riskier. I think it's a good week to do that. Like I, the, the Cowboys and the Bills are the obvious choices, but I want to save them for later in the season. So, a team that's a favorite that I think is going to win that I actually took bet as a favorite. So Russell um, Russell Wilson could really ruin my weekend. But I'm going (laughs) to go with the the Broncos. (laughs) Yeah, one of the Wilsons. I'm going to go with the Broncos at home against Washington. I think that they avoid a 0-2 start. The rest of their schedule, granted, they get the Jets at home. At Miami, after this, it's at Miami, at Chicago, at Kansas City, home against Green Bay, Kansas City, at Buffalo, Minnesota-Cleveland, at Houston, like, Houston later in the year on the road at the Chargers at the Lions Patriots Chargers at the Raiders like I don't I would not feel comfortable using them in any other game really
0: I think there's also something to be said for just not using the Broncos in Survivor this year yes. uh That's you know true. I'll throw that out there but I, I do agree that you want to go a little bit riskier this week uh see if you can get some separation uh, so I'm going to go with the Giants here and just continue to fade Arizona. I-, I think the Giants are, you know, it is on the road, but I do think they're a little better equipped, to take care of business against Arizona because the thing that Washington did to keep Arizona in the game, besides the O-line, which could be an issue for the Giants as well, but uh, is turn the ball over. And, you know, the Giants did turn the ball over a couple of times last week, but that's not usually their MO. Daniel Jones, especially in a game like this where – you know, he knows he's not going to have to put up a ton of points. Uh, usually you can count on him not to turn the ball over. Uh, and when I look at this Arizona team, I mean, they got three turnovers from from Washington. So they had a plus one differential. So they kept it close. But Josh Dobbs averaged 4.4 4 yards per attempt. And you say, okay, well, Washington's defense is good. Yeah. But for his career, Joshua Dobbs averages 5.1 yards per attempt on 115 pass attempts. So i I'm just not really expecting anything from him offensively. So uh, hopefully, you know, maybe your Jets surprise the Cowboys or uh, or something like that. But uh, I, I like taking the Giants as shorter road favorites here and, and get against still what I think is the worst
1: team in the week. Yeah, Giants schedule the rest of the way is brutal. And by the way, sometimes there's like you could look at trends because I'll mention this trend a lot. But there's trends that could fit both teams. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you could have people that cherry pick trends and then just you can make a case for one side. But in this case, you know, the Giants are off a thirty-five point plus loss. Teams over the past 20 years that have lost by 35 plus, 75, 41, and 5 against the spread, 64.7% covering by more than a field goal per game. However, those teams that usually lose by 35 plus, they're usually underdogs the next week. When they're laying over a field goal, they're only eight and nine against the spread. Also, teams off a shutout loss. 58% against the spread over the past 30 years, but just 23 and 24 against the spread as a favorite. And as I mentioned before, week two dogs between 0 and 1 teams, 47, 25, and 3 against the spread over 65%, which applies to the Titans, Cardinals, and Texans. So, you know, Giants off of a shutout loss, off of 35. Normally I'd be looking to back them, but this number is just too high. And the Giants aren't a team I'm looking to back as a favorite, but uh, I do agree that this is a good survivor pick. But there's some trends that fit both the Cardinals and Giants here. So that game from a spread perspective is a pure pass for me. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe the line will get up to six and then just tease it down to zero or something. Yeah, But uh, yeah, as it stands, yeah, I don't want to weigh the number either. Again, just some of these teams getting favored on the road already. I mean, you have the, the Packers road favorites, you have the Colts road favorite, you have uh, I mean, just some really odd road favorites. Giants, uh, five and a half, about to be six. Yeah, that's it's not going to go well for for some of these teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking for Survivor, and that's going to wrap it for our Week Two Action Network podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back Thursday all season long. As a reminder, our friends at the favorites podcast still have 117 grand up for grabs in their free weekly NFL pick'em contest. Sign up is still open favorites.actionnetwork.com. That's favorites.actionnetwork.com. Be sure to enter. You can't get paid if you don't play. And you can hear more of me this week with my guy Kerner. Talking fantasy, DFS, uh, and all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex Pod. You can hear Stuck talking college ball over on the Big Bets on Campus podcast Friday mornings. Stuck is on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon, and we are at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Until week three, let's get this money. Let's
1: go.